Innalhamdalillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu Wa na'udhu billahi min syururi anfusina Wa min sayyati a'malina Man yahdihillahu falamudillalah Wa man yudlil falahadiyalah Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلالة في النار أيها المؤمنون عباد الله لقد خلق الله الخلق وفاضل بينهم حتى في الأيام والشهور ولله الحكمة في ذلك ومن ذلك أن الله فضل عشر ذي الحجة وجعل فيها من الخيرات وشيء العظيم فقد نوه الله بذلك في كتابه ونبي ونبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم في سنته وان عشر ذي الحجه وان عشر ذي الحجه هي افضل ايام السنه على الاطلاق ايها المسلمون indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has created all of creation and he has differentiated between them in terms of their status and virtue even in times or days and months. And to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs all hikmah in this. And from amongst this hikmah is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the ten days of Dhul Hijjah a special virtue. And He has placed in it many types of goodness which He has mentioned in the Quran or mentioned the status of it in the Quran. And likewise Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned the status of these days in his sunnah and that it is the best days of the year and this is from the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is from the grace and the virtue of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he bestows upon his slaves days and times of worship times of obedience that are better than others and the hikmah in this is that it gives the slave an opportunity it gives his, his worshippers opportunities to correct their faults and to make up for their shortcomings or anything that they may have missed out on. Subhanallah, Ramadan has just left us and how the time has changed, how the season has changed from the feelings we felt in Ramadan of worship, of ta'ah, of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our negligence has set in. Our heedlessness has come back. Ghafla. But like this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sends us 
special occasions. He sends us another time wherein our worship is raised, meaning the status of our worship is much greater. Where the rewards that we earn for our worship is a lot greater, walhamdulillah. And from this is none other than the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. These 10 days which are once again on our doorstep. It's approximately one week away and the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah will be upon us. Wallahu musta'an. Subhanallah, just like we mentioned before the month of Ramadan, that these days have to be prepared for. That we prepare for times of worship. So that when we reach those days of worship, we reach them in the best possible way. So before Ramadan, we encourage each other to be ready for Ramadan. To start rectifying our affairs before Ramadan has reached us. So that we can maximize the benefits of Ramadan. And the same should be said for the days of the Hijjah. The same should be said for the days of the Hijjah. As Sheikh Ibn Uthaymi rahimahullah used to mention that people give a lot of importance to Ramadan. And this is something good. But that same people are most of the time negligent of the days of Dhul Hijjah. That we will strive in worship in Ramadan. We will abstain from haram during the days of Ramadan. But we don't do the same during the times of Dhul Hijjah. We don't give it its haq. We don't give the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah its due right. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given it in the Quran. Or that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has given it in the sunnah. So these ten, 10 days have great virtue attached to it. And just like we exerted ourselves in Ramadan, we should exert ourselves in the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَالْفَجُرْ وَلَيَالٍ Allah, he swears an oath by Al-Fajr, by the dawn, and then وَلَيَالٍ by the 10 nights. And the majority of scholars from the Sahaba and after them have mentioned that this 10 nights refers to the 10 days of Ramadan, sorry, of Dhul Hijjah. Refers to the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. And what we know from the Qur'an is, whenever Allah swears an oath by something, this is an indication that this is something of importance, that this is something of benefit. Whenever Allah says, by something, وَالْعَصْرِ He swears by time. This is to give time importance, so that we take heed of our time and so forth. So here Allah Azza wa Jal, He swears by the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. And this is to give it its importance. In a hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, أَفْضَلُ أَيَّامِ الدُّنْيَا أَيَّامِ الْعَشْرِ The ten days, or he said, the best days of the dunya. أَفْضَلُ أَيَّامِ الدُّنْيَا The best days in this dunya is the ten days of Dhul Hijjah. Is the ten days of, of Dhul Hijjah. In another hadith, he says, or firstly, from the virtues of these 10 days from the virtues of these 10 days is that it contains other days which are known as the best of days like the ninth of Dhul Hijjah which is Al-Yawmul Arafah the ninth of Dhul Hijjah is contained within these 10 days the ninth of Dhul Hijjah Yawm Arafah 
is a day where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives sins. Is a day where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He saves people from the fire. And this is part of these ten days of, of Dhul Hijjah. From these ten days is Yawmul Nahr, the day of sacrifice, where people around the globe they, they fulfill their sacrifices for the sake of Allah. This takes place on Hajj and so forth. And this is the day when we celebrate Eid. When we celebrate our Eid. But what did the Prophet say about this day? He says, أَعْظَمُ الْأَيَّامِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ يَوْمُ النَّحْرِ He said, the best, the greatest of days with Allah is يَوْمُ النَّحْرِ Is that day of sacrifice. The greatest of days with Allah is that day of النَّحْرِ is that day of sacrifice. So the best days of the 10 days are the end. Just like in Ramadan, the best days of Ramadan is the end. It's the 9th and the 10th of Dhul Hijjah. The day of Arafah and the day of An-Nahr. Ayyuhal Muslimun, in hadith, Sahih al-Bukhari from Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah, he said, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَا مِنْ أَيَّامِ الْعَمَلِ الصَّالِحَ فِيهَا أَحَبَّ إِلَى اللَّهِ مِنْ هَذِهِ الْأَيَّامِ He said that there are no days in which righteous deeds are more beloved to Allah than these ten days. There are no days in throughout the year wherein righteous deeds, أعمال الصالحة, are more beloved to Allah than these ten days. And so the people said, وَلَا الْجِهَادُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Ya Rasulullah, he said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, not even jihad for the sake of Allah. He said, وَلَا الْجِهَادُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Not even jihad for the path, in the path of Allah. Except in the case of a man who went out to fight, giving himself and his wealth up for the cause, and he came back with nothing. Our focus today is that this hadith proves that these are the best days of the year. And that deeds in these 10 days are of the most beloved of deeds to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of the most beloved of deeds to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some scholars, they reconciled and they said that we know the 10 days of the hijjah is this virtue. But what about the Ramadan days? The ten nights of Ramadan, ten, the end of Ramadan, which is better? And so some scholars said, like Ibn Kathir and others, that this days of the Hijjah are the best days of the year. But the nights of Ramadan are the best nights of the year. This is one of the ways that the ulama reconciled between the texts on this issue. So they said to worship Allah through the nights of Ramadan, there is no nights like it. Like it contains the letter Qadr and so forth. And to worship Allah through the days of Ramadan, through the days of the Hijjah, there are no days like it. There are no days like it. It's the best days of the year. So let us make a mental note, firm and make an intention that as we are approaching these days, that we are going to strive and make a firm niyyah that we are going to make the most of these days. Just like we did for Ramadan. Just like we did for the end of Ramadan. This should be the niyyah of the Muslims. And not to be heedless of this. 
Well, this is heedlessness of the sunnah of the Prophet From the best of deeds that we can perform is to fast for the sake of Allah. Is to fast for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Firstly, this was the sunnah of the Prophet In a hadith narrated from Hunayda ibn Khalid from his wife, that one of the wives of the Prophet narrated and said, that the Prophet sallallahu used to fast on the first nine days of Dhul Hijjah. This was his sunnah. He used to fast for the first nine days of Dhul Hijjah. And obviously he didn't fast the tenth because the tenth is Yawmul Eid. But the first nine days he fasted because of the, of the virtue of these days. Because of the special virtue that these days contained. He also used to fast the day of Ashura, the tenth of Muharram. Three days of each month and the first Monday of the month and two Thursdays. Other hadith mentioned Monday and Thursday in general. So this was the sunnah that the Prophet ﷺ fasted the first nine days of, of Dhul Hijjah. And we know that fasting is of the greatest of ibadat. That fasting one day for the sake of Allah is of the greatest of ibadat. The famous hadith Qudsi. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, all of the deeds of Adam are for him, except fasting, which is for me, and I will reward for it. Except for fasting, that's for me. And there's something special when we fast one day for the sake of Allah. Your rewards, Allah will write for you, but when it comes to fasting, Allah rewards it in a, in a different way. That's for me. And the reward he owes to himself, meaning... Nobody knows how Allah will bless you. Nobody knows how much He will reward you. How much He will forgive your sins. Distance you from the fire and so forth. For fasting for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So one of the sunan of the days of Dhul Hijjah is to try and fast the first nine days of Dhul Hijjah. If you can't fast for nine days, for whatever reason, fast as much as you can. Fast as much as you can. Secondly, is to recite lots of tahmeed, tahleel, and takbir. It's a sunnah of these days to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but specifically with tahmeed. Tahmeed means to praise Allah, like to say alhamdulillah. Tasbih means to glorify Allah, like to say subhanallah. And takbir is to make takbir, to say Allahu Akbar. And this was the sunnah once again. Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma he narrated that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said there are no days that are greater before Allah or in which good deeds are more beloved to him than these ten days and then he said so recite a great deal of tahleel la ilaha illallah la ilaha illallah a great deal of takbir to glorify the, the greatness of Allah and a great deal of tahmeed to say lots of alhamdulillah, to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this hadith is sahih. So this is another sunnah, that we keep our tongues moist with the dhikr of Allah, especially by praising Allah, especially by, by mentioning the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the takbir is legislated. The takbir is legislated during these nine days. 
to say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. This takbir includes tahleel, it includes takbir and tahmeed. All three that's mentioned in the hadith, if we say this takbir, it includes all of this. Because we are praising Allah. We are saying La ilaha illallah, there is none worthy of worship but Allah. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is greatest. Ibn Umar and Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhum ajma'een it's reported that they used to go out to the marketplace during the first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah and they used to recite the takbir out loud. So they went out in the public areas and they used to recite the takbir out loud. Just like we do in the masajid, just like we do in our homes. But they went out and they recited the takbir out loud. And when the people heard this, they too would then recite the takbir. The people would, would hear them reciting the takbir and they then would also recite the takbir because of them. And this doesn't mean that they recited it together in a jama'ah, in unison. Because this was not the sunnah of the sahaba nor the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But it means each person recited the takbir at his own pace, in his own way. And like this, they also revived the sunnah. Because when they came out, what did they find? People's busy, trading, buying, selling, shopping, doing their day-to-day needs. And so they, decided to, to they, they, they then decided, recite the takbir out loud. In this way, they are reminding the people, these are the days of the hijjah. They are reminding the people, this is the sunnah, is to praise Allah. In every circumstance, in every condition. And we know the hadith of the Prophet says, whoever revives one of my sunnahs that has died out amongst the people, he will have a reward like that of everyone who does it. Without that detracting from their reward in the, in the slightest. So let us keep the sunnah alive. Especially the sunnah during these days of the hijjah Any person who acts upon what you are encouraging them to act upon, you will have the, their reward in full, bi-ithnillahi ta'ala, without that detracting from their reward and so forth. Of course, during these days would be hajj. This is one of the sunnah that is performed during these days of the hijjah, is the great act of hajj, for which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, al-hajjul mabrur laysa lahu jaza'un illa al-jannah. That, that hajjul mabrur, which is an accepted hajj and a hajj that's free from sin. There's no reward for it except Jannah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take us for hajj many times over, especially for those who have not gone. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Aqulu hadha al-qawl wa astaghfirullah al-azim li wa lakum wa li walidayya wa li walidikum wa li sa'iri al-muslimina min kulli dhamb astaghfiruh innahu huwa al-ghafur al-rahim. الحمد لله على إحسانه والشكر على توفيقه وامتنانه وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له تعظيما لشأنه وأشهد أن نبينا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وسلم تسليما مزيدا أيها المسلمون عباد الله 
from the Sunan that is legislated during the days of Dhul Hijjah is Al Udhiyah, is to sacrifice an animal for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during these days. It's narrated from Al Bara ibn Azib radiallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Whoever offers a sacrifice after the prayer and has completed his rituals of Eid has followed the way of the Muslims. Then he has followed the way of the Muslims. And this is the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu the Sahaba, and all of those who could afford it. That when they could, they tried their best to sacrifice on the day of Al-Udhiyah. This is an established sunnah according to the majority of the scholars. And some scholars even said it is a wajib. It's a wajib like in the Hanafi Madhab. But it's something that is a sunnah that is encouraged for all who are able to try their best to fulfill. To try their best to, to fulfill. The Prophet said, When you see the new moon of Dhul Hijjah and any of you wants to offer a sacrifice, then he should stop cutting his hair and nails until he has offered the sacrifice. And this applies to those who are intending to perform the sacrifice or to have a sacrifice that is done for them. If this is your niyyah, then when the moon has been sighted, you should, you should then stop trimming your nails, cutting your hair and removing anything from your body. Removing anything from your body. So this should be done before the time because this is your intention. So do it before the time and then once your sacrifice is done, you can then do it after this. Ta'ala. And this ruling applies to who? This ruling applies to anyone who's offering a sacrifice. Even if you are not going to cut it yourself. So if you are delegating someone, let's say there's a, a female for example, or some people are sending money abroad to places that are in need, that are people are suffering. So they have sacrifices that are done over there. If this is happening, you are still to follow the sunnah, which is do not cut your hair, do not trim your nails, and so forth. This does not apply to the one who is doing the actual cutting. It applies to the one who is offering the sacrifice. Whether it's done for him, for, on behalf of his family, and so forth. We should also try to increase in general righteous deeds, as well as a tawbah. As well as tawbah. That when these days come, you begin the days with repentance for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For the sins that have accumulated, for your bad deeds that have happened, bad habits that have been that have reformed. We start these days with tawbah. Because in this way, we start fresh with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in this way, we can maximize our time in these 10 days. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us tawfiq. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who make the most of these 10 days. Because as he, his Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that there is no 10 days wherein righteous deeds are more beloved to Allah than these 10 days. So let us be of the wise and the intelligent Muslims who take heed and who make use of them and not to be of those who are deprived. Wallahu musta'an. Hada wa sallu wa sallimu ra'akumullah ala bashirin nadheer Muhammad ibn Abdullah faqad amarakumullahu bithalika fi kitabih faqala azza min qailin alima إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما وقال صلى الله عليه وسلم 
من صلى علي صلاة صلى الله عليه بها عشرة اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وارض اللهم عن الخلفاء الراشدين أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وعن بقية الصحابة والتابعين وتابعي التابعين وعنا معهم بمنك وكرمك وإحسانك يا أكرم الأكرمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين وأذل البدع والمبتدعين ودمر أعداءك أعداء الدين يا مولانا يا رب العالمين اللهم انصر المسلمين والمستضعفين في كل مكان اللهم وكن لهم ناصرا ومعينا ومؤيدا وحفيظا اللهم وعليك بأعداء الدين فإنهم لا يعجزونك اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفة والغنى يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك اللهم يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين وأقيم الصلاة